Welcome to another episode of the Founder Fundamentals Podcast. My name is Rahul Kumar, and today here at Collision 2019 in Toronto, Canada, I have the pleasure of speaking with Asif Siddiqui, founder and CEO of Branch. Branch, founded in 2015, is a Minneapolis-based developer of software that attracts and retains the best hourly employees. Thanks for joining us, Asif. Hey, thanks for having me. So why don't we get started with some more color on your background? Were you always interested in technology or founding a business? Why did you decide to start a company? Yeah, so I'm always interested in technology. I think growing up, you know, uh, I was fortunate enough to have sort of the latest computers and the latest things. So, you know, fast forward to when I graduated, I uh, found myself in a finance role, not very fulfilled. And so I started just teaching myself how to develop and uh, build product. You know, post-graduation, uh, I found myself at, as an entrepreneur in residence at Ideal Lab, a big technology incubator out of Pasadena, which was really where a branch started. And kind of the motivation behind starting branch is, you know, when I look back at the time when I worked in retail, you know, some in high school and college, I found myself sort of relying on sort of manual processes to get work done and found that, you know, two decades later, those technology hasn't caught up for that demographic of worker. And so I thought, you know, what if we just build something that addressed the needs of the hourly worker first and, um, you know, narrowed it down to sort of shift management, scheduling, employee to employee shift sharing. And uh, it took off. It spread to tens of thousands of locations. And, you know, we really knew that we were on to something here. And then from there, started working with some larger companies where we got critical mass and continued really this core thesis was let's keep developing on features and functionalities that meets the needs of the lives of the workers. So you had mentioned that the original, you know, kind of impetus for it was you reflect back upon the time that you were in retail. During high school time, you know, fast forward, you're in California for your undergraduate and MBA as well. So given that span of eight of nine years in between, what was really the catalyst that reignited that for you? Was it just something that stuck with you all along? Yeah, I think the catalyst for me was that I was really fascinated with sort of new mobile use cases when it came to collaboration. And, uh, you know, looking back, I found that, um, you know, oftentimes technology for this demographic, what you call hourly worker or deskless worker, was neglected, right? They had a lot of enterprise software that kind of failed to meet their needs, very clunky, not easy to use. So what we really wanted to do was just create a really nice, easy to use consumer style experience for the workplace for this worker. So you cater both to enterprises and the employee as well on the platform, but when you look at one side of the market, hourly employees, some may be compelled to think that there's a lack of spending power, particularly in that market, which ironically, to some extent, which is what branch helps to improve. Why start off with that market? Yeah, well, one, I think it's a very large market um, that's underserved traditionally by technology, 60% of the American workforce, and there's a slew of problems that they deal with on a given daily basis uh, when it comes to predictability, more flexibility. And so, you know, we started off by solving the challenge when it came to shift management, letting them pick up additional shifts and earn more wages. I'm at the workplace, slowly, you know, we continue to develop on the thesis of what's delivered for the hourly worker. And we came across other things like uh, financially, how much unpredictability, you know, in their financial lives matter day to day. And so recently, you know, we had uh, launched uh, new features around that, you know, allowing workers to get paid immediately after a shift, um, giving them some more better financial wellness. So we can even dictate, hey, you might want to pick up these additional wages to make ends meet this month. So, um, you know, at the core, um, I think that's really what we see is just solving the needs of the workers. So in terms of better understanding the business itself, 
one of the features of the solution is instant access to wages for hourly employees. Another one is the ability to pick up additional shifts. Is there anything else that the platform currently does today? Yeah, I think another big sort of productivity use case for employees around communication. So being able to kind of streamline communication for some day-to-day needs at the workplace. Um, the other one we're you know kind of doubling down on adding more to is sort of the financial wellness piece, right? So if we have visibility into um, you know the financial side of this employee, we can you know also kind of help them build their financial wellness. So the company is based out of Minneapolis today, not typically regarded as one of the large technology hubs in the United States. Your academic stint was all in California yeah. at USC. Why did you decide to start the company in Minneapolis as opposed to, say, San Francisco or New York? And just as a follow-on to that question, have you found any advantages of building a business outside of the behemoth of the tech markets in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, no, I think the, the move from L.A. to Minneapolis definitely raised some eyebrows, especially with some early investors. Um, so the big reason, well, you know, one is that we were able to develop a relationship with Target. We got into the tech stores, Target Retail Accelerator, and we were able to do that by just really, um, you know, we had a pretty good critical mass amongst our employees and managers and found that this was also a problem that they were looking to solve at the enterprise. So, you know, that was the initial move there. And I think, uh, you know, what was great is that we had great feedback loops working with enterprise like Target and others in the area uh, to help kind of develop the core product, you know, in the enterprise segment. And um, I think one of the things we quickly realized was that, you know, there's great talent around uh, B2B software. So enterprise sales talent understood what it took to sell into these accounts, uh, customer success, implementation, as well as engineers who understood how to implement software into these back-end sort of enterprise systems. Um, and so what, you know, initially started with a three-month stint uh, for Techstars Target Retail Accelerator is now almost a little over three years as we continue to grow the team there. So I think the other thing that was interesting, too, is just in terms of the customer segments that we, we serve, you know, you think retail, manufacturing, distribution centers, um, sort of large franchisees uh, in the restaurant space, um, there was a pretty good swath of them in sort of the, that area. And so there's just retail, there's sort of like business clusters of talent around those verticals as well. When you started the business back in 2015, what was the original vision for the business? And have you had any significant pivots since then? Yeah, I think the original vision, you know, was to really allow the hourly worker technology that helps them get ahead. And, um, you know, sort of uh, working with the enterprise, uh, you know, we, I mentioned we started getting critical mass, so there was a little bit of pivot, of like, let's service, what does the enterprise really need? And the pain point for the enterprise that we were solving, that we stumbled upon, was that, you know, it's really tough for these enterprises, especially in today's uh, very low, you know, unemployment market, is that to attract these workers in, and then once they do, they are still seeing this sort of continual churn of 100% year over year. So significant costs are spending there. So one of the things that um, you know we found was we can also not only solve the challenges of the employee, but there's a lot of benefit for the employers they work for since they're a large percent of their employee population. Um, you know, I think, you know, adding with the addition of sort of more of the financial wellness space, um, it, you know, we are kind of going back to servicing more of the single player features for the hourly worker. And it's nice to, you know, our, our core sort of idea is that we want to branch to be something that they take across their life cycle. So in terms of the technology that actually powers the business today, if you're working with enterprises, so in the use case that you have allowing 
on-demand access to the funds that you'd be receiving through your paycheck. Is there some type of integration with the employer that's required and was there a lot of friction when it came to that when you were actually integrating into these businesses, if so? Yeah, that was one of the big things that I think uh, we figured out early on by working with retailers like Target is that you know if we really wanted to deploy this technology at scale across the organization, like how do we play nicely with all their backend systems so you know they're not ripping and replacing anything? And so we actually built in our own middleware um, software that allowed us to do some of these integrations um, pretty quickly. And um, using that, you know, we can pull and push data between some of these enterprise systems and, you know, typical systems or a workforce management system or human capital management system. And, you know, I think what we've done on the integration side is definitely caught the attention of some of these larger incumbents as well. And we're now partners with Kronos and their network. Um, and it's been nice to kind of leverage that data to um, allow us to offer a great mobile user experience. From the lens of where the business is today, what were the most significant challenges that you faced when building the business up until this point, and were they primarily business-focused or market-focused? Yeah, I think um, initially when we started, you know, I, I had this idea that market timing plays a big factor in the success and growth of the company, and at the end of the day, though, it's the founder's ideal to kind of have that conviction to see their idea through. So when we first started, you know, a common sort of refrain we would get from enterprises or that um, you know we're never going to let our employees use their own mobile device for work-related activity, and you know that that net injection doesn't exist because we, we we saw where the market was going and not where it's at today. Um, the other thing is just smartphone penetration, so you know, lower costs from Android devices that were fully penetrated there, so everybody had equal access to the application. So yeah, they're, they're, the, the timing aspect was pretty critical. I think the, the larger a company grows, you know, the, the software part of it almost becomes easy. It's more of the people part that becomes hard and how you organize teams at different stages of the company so that you're continuing to move fast. So the market for financial wellness products, of which Rich is amongst one of them, has been flooded with tools such as structure at the enterprise level or even minimum clarity at the consumer level. What do you think branches sustainable competitive advantages going forward? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with this holistic view on how we can help the hourly worker um, across their life cycle employment. Well, one advantage we have is that we work with the employer directly so you know, we can get the data and all the things needed to make that experience very seamless. But the way we approach it is, um, you know, looking at ways, you know, even outside of just a, an advance on wages earned, um, other ways we can continue to add value to the user across the lesson. So Branch recently closed at Series B in December of 2018 and raised roughly 20 mil to date. What is your thought process when selecting an investor for the company? Yeah, I think you know one of the things that we looked at when we selected our investors is do they believe in sort of the, the long game that we're playing here? as in being the sole platform for the hourly worker. So I think, yes, being fundamentally aligned on sort of the vision and where we can go, you know, along the way there's always different twists and turns, so being comfortable with that. And then, you know, recently I think uh, going back to the people process stuff, um, just operationally how they can help with some of those challenges, whether that's being able to leverage um, other companies they've seen do this well in the portfolio or any you know ways they can assist on the recruitment side for talent. So I guess to that extent, for the investors that you selected for a branch, what were some of the greatest advantages of the fund offering beyond just the capital in terms of building your business? 
Yeah, so early on we had investors that were very close to retail technology. So, you know, the ones that come to mind are Crosscut Ventures out of LA, um, early stage state investor in Minneapolis, uh, Matchstick Ventures. And so understanding sort of the retail landscape, which was sort of our first you know, vertical we really focused on, was very helpful to us, whether that's just through faster feedback loops we can get, taking people in the portfolio, um, you know, in their network. And so, yeah, I think the, the network part of things definitely helps actually seen and have experience in those markets to help us navigate some of those early stages. So when building Branch back in 2015, when you started building the company, what was your thought process around how you recruited the initial team? Yeah, um, you know, it's a good question because I think uh, as a solo founder, you know, that's one of the things that um, are very important, those first early key hires. And so initially, you know, when we brought on our CTO, I met him in grad school. He was doing his master's in CS, I was doing my MBA. And we, you know, had a good, we just clicked personally and really wanted to, I think, just in terms of our personal goals and what we wanted to do were very aligned. And so, you know, he came on as a, built our first Android app and just the relationship continued to grow from there. And I think, you know, uh, essentially the first couple of key hires are very critical and kind of being aligned so in your case, it's interesting because one of the co-founders, you know, is doing a master's in the technical domain. You have the MBA. What is your thought process on the whole debate around technical versus non-technical founding teams? Yeah, I think personally, um, you know, you're building a technology product. You should have a t uh, someone who's very experienced in technology to kind of lead that. You know, the first kind of iterations of branch were just kind of hacked together by myself, and it was enough to get him excited about it. So at the end of the day, I think the more technical uh, you know, members on your team you have, the more you can kind of execute and get your product to market. Now, if you can go back in time to 2015, what single thing would you have done differently having the knowledge that you have today? Yeah, looking back, you know, I think early on, we really wanted to nail this concept of product market fit. And so, you know, maybe looking at more of ways we can work with enterprises early on, um, you know, some of the... I think for a startup at least that uh, working with large companies kind of scares them to start SMB and then they go up and if we discover that maybe a little bit earlier, we can some more insights. So it's been four years of the company so far. What's next for Branch? Yeah, we're really excited about you know by adding in sort of more of the financial wellness piece of into the application is uh, Discovering other ways we can help these employees with their financial lives. So, you know, oftentimes we work with employers where they say, you know, a lot of their employees are either uh, underserved by banks or they're unbanked or they're getting a pay card to handle some of these uh, the day transactions and receive a paycheck. So, other ways we can add value to that side of the house and that chain. So it's been four years of the company, you've seen a lot of twists and turns, you've gone through the pitch process. What is your advice for other entrepreneurs looking to start companies? Yeah, I would say, you know, free product market fit, find something that you can validate and just, you know, start small, right? Um, when we narrow down all the problems we can solve in sort of the hourly space, we just focus specifically on helping employees trade shifts amongst each other and sort of build on top of that. So. Just as a follow-up to that, when you took that original idea to the investors, what was the commentary around focusing and being like so niche here? Did they really press you to say, what is the larger vision for this? How does this scale beyond this use case? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you got to, as a founder, you have to kind of see the broader picture of where this can go. Um, and 
there's a you know concept I look at is like stars and stepping stones. The bigger the star, the smaller you want your stepping stone. And so as you can kind of keep building on that over time is uh, a good way to think about it. So we're here at Collision 2019 in Toronto, Canada. What are you looking forward to the most at the conference? Um, you know, I think it's networking with other founders, uh, meeting uh, you know, other people in the space. It's, it's been a good experience for us. Guys like you. <laughs> that was Arthur Siddiqui, founder and CEO of Branch. Arthur, thanks so much for sharing your journey. Hey, thanks for having me.